Hello there and welcome to Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. The last day of the good weather, we're told, by the weather folks here in the UK. It's uh, the 29th of March, 2022. Lovely to be with you. Uncensored. Unfiltered. You're listening to Richie Allen on the world's most popular independent news radio show. It's the Richie Allen Show. Broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, absolutely delighted to welcome back Dr. Anne McCloskey to the program in the second hour. Wonderful lady, respected family doctor, uh, came out of retirement, you might remember, to help with the COVID effort last year. Uh, well, early in the in the uh, COVID scam in 2020, in fact. Uh, but late last year, she was suspended for correctly claiming that people were being coerced into taking their jabs and that the jabs might not be all they appeared to be. Really, really important uh, to catch up with Anne. There's news on that front, but I want to have a general chat with her about COVID and jabs and other things. Dr. Anne McCloskey. Before that... Uh, my great friend Hayden Hewitt uh, returns to the programme. Hayden is the co-founder of the Not Around Anymore. It's no longer with us, but LiveLeak.com, one of the most important news websites uh, in history, in my opinion. Uh, these days, amongst other things, he heads up Black Octopus Productions, which is making films and feature films and very good films as well. We'll talk to Hayden about everything and anything this hour. It's uh, Tuesday's Richie Allen Show. Live from BBG Towers in the northwest of the UK. Good to be with you, to be with you. Good. Around about 10 minutes to five yesterday. Went downstairs, left the studio, was all set to go. Had some brilliant guests lined up yesterday. Dr. Vincent Carroll from Ireland was due to come on. He was ready and waiting to come on. As was uh, James Perloff, the author and journalist. But I went downstairs around about 10 to five to top up the old water the H2O, the Agua Sin Gas. And I noticed a large wound on the shoulder area or just under it of the German Shepherd puppy. And I went, ah, Jesus. A couple of hours before that, we were out in the park and she ran headlong, did the puppy, into a couple of big old Akita dogs that were on the lead and under the control of their responsible owner. Nobody's at fault here. Anyway, in went Poppy, seven months old, but she's very big, and uh, scared the Akitas, and they jumped on her and pinned her to the ground, and she screamed as puppies do, they're all divas, but then she rolled away and carried on. We thought, right, that might teach her not to be rushing headlong, into other dogs and groups and all of that. But it turned out she had a pretty nasty wound, a pretty deep wound. So I had to take her to the animal hospital in Whitefield, not too far from Salford. But all's well that ends well. She's had a few stitches and she isn't too bad. It's just a little reminder. I produce, edit and introduce this radio programme. I don't have any staff. There is nobody but me. And I say that because I had some emails saying, Richie, why couldn't one of the, you know, people who work on the show take over? That would be lovely if there were any people working on the show. 
Yes, no problem. Producer. I used to do it back in the day. When I produced talk radio and my presenter would become ill, I would step in because I could do that. There's nobody working on this programme except for yours truly. Shite happens sometimes and you just have to deal with it. But I'm here with you today and I'm glad of it. Good to be back with you. Free COVID testing ends on Friday in the UK. What I mean by that is you will no longer be able to go to a pharmacy or go on the internet and order COVID lateral flow tests for free. However, there is a real push to block this. A huge push to block it and to keep the tests free. Okay? Why? Well, I think you and I know why. Because the testing and the case numbers is all that is keeping the scam going. That is my opinion. It's not just here in the UK. In Ireland, there's been, there have been calls in Ireland to reintroduce measures to combat rising cases there. We'll have to wait and see. There's still quite a bit of time between now and Friday. I might, in fact, I will get into this with my guests this evening. Men are being asked in some parts of this country, men are now, uh, before that is they have an MRI scan or an X-ray, they are being asked if, um, well, if they're pregnant. What kind of fuckery are you? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, men in some NHS trusts, trusts run hospitals, so you might as well say hospitals, before coming in for their scans, their x-rays and their MRI scans, they're being asked, listen, are you pregnant? To some believable. You hear that, Tom? No. Could you repeat it? Because I, I can't believe my fucking ears. Neither can I, Tom. I mentioned today when I started out in radio many years ago, somebody said to me, there will come a time when you will be talking about such things. I would have said, feck. Right off. But it's true. You're pregnant, you are. Why? Why? Well, because the UK government removed the word female from the law, which governs such medical procedures, and replaced it with individuals. Now, so the, there's a few of these trusts doing it. The Telegraph was all over the story. The Walton Centre NHS Foundation Trust in Liverpool now asks all with a capital A double L, capital all patients under the age of 60, regardless of how they may identify their gender, are you pregnant? One woman was apoplectic. Why do they do this anyway? Well, if you have radiotherapy or an MRI scan, you're, you're dealing with radiation and that might harm the unborn baby. One woman speaking to the Telegraph, whose husband has cancer, said the question put to him before his scan caused him unnecessary confusion and agitation. And it was unfair. She said this was very confusing for him in his post-surgical days. His vulnerability and needs were completely ignored. Wow. And we have heard some mad shite, Ted, in the last few days. Politicians last week. Let me tell you, politicians last week. Last week, right? If, if asked, if asked... Any random politician, what is your worst nightmare? I reckon the politician in question would say, Asher, God, Richie, me, me worst nightmare is that I'm in Prime Minister's questions, I'm asking a question of the Prime Minister, and I look down and realise that I am stark, bollock, naked. That was last week. 
Did you ever have a dream like that? I did. I remember having one such dream back when I was in school. I suppose we all had it when we were in school, is that I realised I was in a classroom and I was naked. So last week, politicians, yeah, I would be in the House of Commons and realise I'm stark, bollock, naked. That was last week. This week, let's ask the same question. What's the politician's worst nightmare? A woman can have a penis. <laughs> Nick, I'm not... I don't think we can... Yes, that is a politician's worst nightmare in the week beginning... March 26th, 2022. Can a woman have a penis? Can a woman have a penis? A woman can have a penis. Nick, I'm not... This is Keir Starmer, by the way. I don't think we can conduct this debate with, you know... Sorry, have I I offended you in some way? No, 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 it's just... uh, (laughs) Have I offended you in some way, Sokia? No, 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 I just... A woman can have a penis. I don't think... Can a woman have a penis? I think that um, discussing this issue in this way helps anyone in the long run. (laughs) What I want to see is... No! uh, No is the answer, you dickhead! No! Women cannot have penises! What demographic scares you so badly that you can't say, No, Nick. Nick, why are you asking me stupid questions this fine Monday morning? Obviously women can't have penises, Nick. Oh, no, he's not going to say that. Um, a reform of the law, is um, A reform of the law, and um, I'm not going to have this debate. It demeans the entire debate. It is. But I also am an advocate of safe spaces for women, and I want to have a discussion that is... Anybody who genuinely wants to find a way through this is... I want to discuss that with... I, I do find that too many people in my view, retreat or, or, or hold... Ferrari is a real coward here because he should jump in at this stage. Not to be rude now. You don't have to be like Piers, I'm the most ignorant bollocks ever, Morgan. Just do your job. Stop, uh, leader of the opposition, stop. Can a woman have a penis or not, man? It's as simple as that, yes or no. But he lets him waffle on. Or hold a position of, which is intolerant of others. And I, and I, and but that... saying that a woman can't have a penis isn't intolerant of anyone. We've heard trans people on this programme in the past who've said, listen, obviously it's not offensive. I have a penis, therefore I am not a woman. It's not picking on any individual at all. He just lets them go on and on and on. We'll leave that one there. We might put that one to Hayden Hewitt. Because he, as much as anyone I know, has been right across this issue for several years now. Fantastic. Every interview from now on. Can you imagine being a talk radio producer? Hi, Minister. It's Alex from LBC. Can we get you on to talk about Partygate? Uh, Well, yes, Alex, but I want you to promise me there will be no talk of women and penises at all. Promise me, Alex. Promise me. Yes, Minister, we just want you to talk about Partygate. I will not answer any questions about penises and women. Okay. Mad stuff. Covid tests. Not free anymore after Friday. Children are still missing school in March 2022 because of these infernal, incessant, ridiculous tests. Healthy children. This is last Friday. I was listening to this while taking a walk last Friday morning. I don't do a radio show on Friday. I couldn't wait to play this for you yesterday. 
But then the doggy got in a ding-dong with some Akitas and I had to wait until today. This is Rachel Burden from BBC Radio 5 Live. This is a journalist, allegedly. Listen to this mad woman talking about her own children. So what else are we talking about? Well, the number of children absent from state school in England has more than tripled over the last fortnight. So is it time to rethink how we approach COVID in schools? So my daughter, child number three, has got COVID again having had it just six weeks ago. What? Which, as you can imagine, I'm really pleased about. She loves getting it, doesn't she? <laughs> and I'd say she's probably the most robust of all the children. She's not unwell at all. She is, of course, at home. <laughs> um, but it is a source of frustration, I think, for a lot of parents. Oh, God. Mother of the year, 2022. So my daughter... Yes. Child number three... Yeah, child number three, right? ...has got COVID again. Again? Having had it just six weeks ago. Just six weeks ago? Which, as you can imagine, I'm really pleased about. She loves getting it, doesn't she? <laughs> she loves getting it, says co-presenter Rick, whatever his fucking name is. And then she said this. She's not unwell at all. She is, of course, at home. What? She's not unwell at all. She is, of course, at home. She's at home. She's not unwell at all, but she is, of course, at home. Shall we count it in together? And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> Jesus. Ah, fantastic, huh? So my daughter, child number three, has got COVID again, having had it just six weeks ago, <laughs> which, as you can imagine, I'm really pleased about. She loves getting it, doesn't she? <laughs> she loves getting it. Wonderful. Hey, listen, Kay Burley this morning on Sky pictured the scene now. Kay's doing a live breakfast show. One, a live breakfast show is made up of many parts. Some of those parts are pre-recorded features. So Kay introduced the pre-recorded feature. It was about an, an, an older couple. Let's call them OAPs. Ukrainian couple. They're in their house, which is destroyed. Rubble, right? As is their entire village. Nothing is funny about this. This is genuine. The couple are obviously devastated. And... This is on, this little feature, this little vignette, if you want to call it that, is playing. You'll hear the last three seconds of the report as we come away from the two old people in their house with all their possessions gone. You'll hear the last three seconds of that. And then it throws back to Kay Burley. Wonderful. They have broken everything. We have nowhere to go. Nowhere to go, says the old couple, right? End of report, Kay. I'm going to have more from uh, Ukraine throughout the course of the programme for you here on Sky News this morning, including a circus bear. What? A circus bear? That has been rescued. Where? And is now safely out of the country and Thank in God. Romania. What happens to it next? Stay tuned and find out. What happens to it next? We've just left the house with the old people standing in the rubble with all the possessions gone, everything. They've not so much got a statue of the Virgin Mary left, but... Don't, don't worry about it. We're off to talk about Ukraine, a bear. Throughout the course of the programme for you here on Sky News circus this morning, bear. including a circus bear that has been rescued and is now safely out of the country and in Romania. What happens to the bear next? What happens to it next? Stay tuned and find out. Meantime, Will Smith has apologised to Chris Rock for slapping him at the mad, Oscar ceremony. Mad stuff, the isn't actor... it? I can't believe this. It's so surreal to observe this. I'm doing bits and pieces for the show and I'm listening to this in the background. 
And if it wasn't for the fact I know it to be genuine, I would say it's parody. That can't be happening. They can't be doing stuff like that. But they are. Who gives a shite about circus bears? Or, or rather, who gives a shite about the two old people in their levelled house? Let's talk about a circus bear that escaped to Romania. Now, on Ukraine, which I haven't touched on very much so far, but Hayden and myself will, will certainly talk about it. Um, these are the headlines today. I'll read them for you. I've taken them from the Telegraph, the Times, the BBC website and Reuters, which means they, they're probably not true, but I'll read them to you anyway. Russia has apparently decided to reduce combat operations around Kiev or Kiev and the northern city of Cherniv. That's what the Deputy Defence Minister of Russia is saying. They are saying that they are going to retreat now to protect the Donbass-Luhansk region in the east of the country. That's what they are saying, right? Now, the Deputy Defence Minister of Russia is in Istanbul for talks with a Ukrainian delegation. Those talks were suspended this afternoon because it was the end of the day, not because of any arguments. The president of Turkey, uh, Erdogan is his name, isn't it? Recep Tayyip, Recep, Recep Tayyip, I can't pronounce his bloody name. It's Erdogan anyway. Uh, he hosted the talks. He said the outcome today was significant progress. Uh, Chelsea owner Russian oligarch Roman Abramovich was there as well. The man who's had all of his possessions in London seized by the UK government, including his beloved Chelsea Football Club. He was there as well. We'll get into some of this with Hayden shortly. And are you a Jordan Peterson fan? I know a lot of listeners to this programme, excuse me, will be, see my voice is not great today, excuse me, I've got, I've had for weeks now, <clears throat> it's kind of the dregs of the winter, a bit of a raw throat, but it hasn't resulted in my voice disappearing, which is fabulous. Ordinarily I'd miss a few days with the old voice around this time of year, but it's hanging in there. I take great steps, though I do, to, to, to preserve the voice. But it's a bit scratchy, a bit croaky. But you'll, you'll forgive it. Or you'll piss off. Anyway, Jordan Peterson, the, the sociologist, the, the lecturer, the academic, the author. People like him. I know they do. Me, I'm like, meh. I suppose. Interesting enough sometimes. Nothing too original for me, though. Right, so I can take him or I can leave him. His critics are thrilled today um, because apparently he had a bit of a minor meltdown while, while appearing on a podcast presented by a guy called Andy No. N-G-O. N-G-O. Anyway, do you want to hear a bit of it? They're talking about Antifa violence and then it gets a bit teary. wanted to ask you about the, based on your, your, your knowledge, your background, your clinical experience, what, what is the psychology of this mob violence? When I see it, 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 it uh, like I, I don't even recognize some of these, it seem, they seem animalistic is what I mean. Um, in, no, they're the worse than August, animals. They're worse than animals because animals, they just kill to eat, you know? Human beings, they have a twist in them that makes them far worse than animals when they really get going. Well, I think it's, I think, you really want to know what I think? I think it's revenge yes. against God for the crime of being. That's really what I think. It's Cain. 
and Cain and Abel. It's like, oh, Abel's your, Abel's your guy, eh, God? How about if I take him out in the field and beat him to death? How do you feel about that? All my sacrifices went unrewarded. Yeah, it's like, yeah, that's what it is at the bottom of the hell of things. And then he started crying. I don't know why they're holding that against him. Nothing wrong with getting emotional every now and then. To be fair to Peterson, here's another little cut from the same podcast with Mr. Andy Ingo, or Ngo, however you pronounce it. They're talking here about the high rate of African Americans incarcerated in the United States and a, the, 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 drawing a parallel with the fact that black men and women are certainly un, underrepresented when it comes to, um, to power in the country. The Americans do lock up a lot of people, right? For a Western democracy, they've got quite the damn prison system going. Now, along with a rapid acceleration in that prison system, there was a quite a rapid decline in violent crime from, say, especially from the 80s till a couple of years ago. And I don't know what the causal links are there. And I'm not making a case for a link between the prison system and the decline in criminality because it's complicated. But they do lock up a lot of people and a disproportionate number of them are black. And so that's a problem. It's like the incarceration rate's a big problem and the racial disparity is a big problem. And it does beg the question, to what degree is the system corrupt? It begs the question of to what degree the corrupt system serves the people in power who are disproportionately less likely to be black, particularly. And then you can see how that the guilt about that, which is felt really broadly, especially among empathic liberal types. Empathic liberal types. So if you want to castigate, to criticise, to denigrate a man for 90 seconds worth of a two-hour podcast, at least be good enough to play other segments or sections of it as well, bit of balance doesn't go astray. Let me know what you think of Jordan Peterson, 22 minutes past the hour. I was going to read your comments. I've just had another big gulp of water. I was going to read your comments right now, but I can't log on to my website momentarily. That is because it is down momentarily. We're not being attacked by anyone. It's the volume of traffic around about this time. We've uh, tried to mitigate against this, but it isn't easy not on our budget. We're not Fox News. We're not the BBC. But uh, it generally is only down. It's generally down for no more than a couple of minutes. It'll be back and I will read your comments out as we go along. Shall we? Welcome back. Is the one and only Hayden Hewitt to The Richie Allen Show? I think so. It's uh, 22 and a half minutes past the hour. Tuesday's programme. It's March 29th already, although it's going to be very wintry tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. Uh, sadly, sadly for my pal Gene Ann Crowley, the best of the weather was last week, or just the last seven, eight days or whatever. Anyway, Hayden, then a little bit later on, Dr. Anne McCloskey, live from Derry. Don't miss her. Right, we're back, we're back, we're back, we're back. It's all happening, by the way. The website isn't back online yet. Apologies for that. Tens of thousands of people logging on, logging on even at the same time. 
Yeah, let's get rid of the music. It's all happening here at PPG Towers. The time is somewhere around 28 and a half minutes past the hour. Hayden Hewitt will join me a bit later on. It'll be Dr. Anne McCloskey. Huge interest in Anne and Hayden. Uh, but in Anne, because of what's been happening with Anne, we'll talk about that, but much more. Besides, I'm sure she'll have plenty to say about what's been going on in Ireland, south of the border. Uh, news there that any inquiry, any inquiry into the handling of the COVID thing would not um, feature interviews with uh, Tony Houlihan of Neffet or Paul Reid of the Health Service Executive. Kind of strange, astonishing stuff really. Uh, Dr Vincent Carroll was due to be on last night's programme to talk about that. You might remember he made a very, very, very good very angry, but very succinct, very cogent, bititude video, basically criticising that decision. Look, my guest this hour is uh, no stranger to you whatsoever. He will always be remembered as being one of the co-founders of the great, the late great LiveLeak.com. Hugely important website. When you look back at the internet historically, we'll remember LiveLeak.com. But he's much more besides that. These days, he heads up Black Octopus Productions, which is making films and very good films. In fact, a couple of the, uh, its first two short films, Elbows and Unseen, can be seen on YouTube at Black Octopus Productions. Get onto the YouTube channel there. But there are feature films in the offing. Let's welcome back to the show the one and only Hayden Hewitt. Welcome back, pal. How are you? Hello, mate. I'm good. I'm sorry I was a couple of minutes late. I was frantically boiling the kettle and looking at the wrong clock. You weren't so. late at all. No, I said 5.30. You're, oh, you're, 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 you're bang on time. In fact, in fact, you're, you're early. So you've been filming. Listen, me giving any praise at all to Elbows and Unseen will be, will be, will, I suppose, be inevitably viewed as sycophantic because you're a friend of mine. What else would you say to a friend other than you know, your 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 two short films are very very good, but it's got sod all to do with my love of you and our friendship. They're brilliantly produced and beautifully um, made films. They look beautiful and they're very good. Thank I you. prefer Elbows, although I liked Unseen quite a bit. You've just yes. wrapped filming for a well, feature. We wrapped, we wrapped we wrapped the last short about uh, a month ago. It's been in post production. Uh, it's called Lips. It stars James Dreyfus, who used to be a gimme, 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 and yeah. Blue Line. He's people don't know how good an actor this guy really is. You know, outside of the camp stuff that he he, he sort of uh, made his name with. Um, it's the best looking one yet. Certainly, he's had a great director of photography this time. We had a you know crew, makeup artist, sound person, assistant camera. We, we it was good. So that one should be out fairly soon. It'll it'll be finished this week but I don't know when it's coming out and then we're going into pre-production on our next short and after that we we should start shooting the first feature hey I think mid-June late June now I've got to interject here and say to, to people that while you'll be known for the the trigger warning show which was brilliant and hilarious and obviously liveleak.com for for listeners this is a professional film company with professional yeah. people. This is exciting stuff. We're not talking about an amateur here. And, of course, you have a grounding. You started out in, in television and film, of course. 
yeah, I used to do um, special makeup effects when I was a much younger man than I am today. Um, but I always loved film. I just gave up on it because it wasn't something I could achieve being, you know, either A, lazy, or B, a working-class lad from Manchester with no qualifications and no end of the PPC. And no dash, so and no funding. I went, I went my own way. I couldn't afford even a video camera back then, and there were no no phones with uh, cameras on back then. So I've taken the long way round. I've taken the long way round. But it just means I, I'm just, I'm loving every minute of it, Richie. I'm I know you are, because when we talk off, off air, I can hear it in your voice. What's, before we talk about some of the big news stories we are going to talk about, folks yeah. should go to Black Octopus Productions. If you, God forgive me for saying it, if you Google that, you'll, you'll, you'll find it straight away. You'll yeah, find it on YouTube. YouTube. Um, there's blackoctopusproductions.com, but like a builder's kitchen, that site is not finished yet. Not yet, no. Um, of course it's not. I've heard, you know, a million other things to keep me away from it. But um, And tell me this, Hayden, what, what, yeah. what is the ambition for Black Octopus Productions? Is it to, to, to quickly enough to see films, your, whether they be short films or features, to see them in festivals, to get them out there? Yeah, I mean, the features we're going to try and sell. Yeah, well, obviously we're going to try. If we don't, we'll find our own way. Um, the main thing is obviously we want to build a film production company. It's got a few different things it has to hit. We want to eventually build towards purchasing or gaining a premises in about, probably about eighteen months, if I'm honest, where we can build a reasonable sized studio and then we can bring new talent through yeah. and then we can get more people involved and um, perhaps have. You know, just like I say, another way into filmmaking, a space that people can rent at much more affordable fees than, you know, like £1,500 a day or yeah. equipment they can rent for reasonable costs. And you're not limiting yourself in terms of your own filmmaking because you've got serious ambitions regarding your own films. You're not limiting yourself to any particular genre. So the shorts no. have been, obviously, the drama about the homeless gentleman, which is, yeah. again, beautifully shot, like, on, on, on a nothing budget. It's, it's, it's terrific. That and was, then that Elbows. literally, that the filming for Unseen was just, it was the actor's first leading role, believe it or not. So to keep pressure off him, and just because it didn't need money throwing at it, it was just myself, Graham doing the sound, and the clapboard, I did the camera and direct it. Just mostly it was three of us on set for the first day and two other people joined us for half of the second day elbows was a little bigger um both cast and crew and then lips was considerably bigger and it looks like the next one bigger again he just gets out of hand um well you're attracting people like james dreyfus i mean it's it's, yeah, it's all on the up and up you know yeah i don't want to sound like i'm blowing smoke up his ass but he's number one an absolutely wonderful person to be around as a human being. And secondly, as an actor, it's so professional, hit every beat, perfect. Fantastic. I look perfect. forward to seeing the, the the forthcoming films. I don't want to be cutting you short there, but I'm looking at the time, That's it's okay. 25 minutes. When when yes. the next um, short film is is released, we'll have a chat about it on the programme, no doubt about that. Hayden Hewitt is our guest, folks. Do look up Black Octopus Productions. It's exciting things happening in Manchester. Delighted to be, not to be any part of it, but to be, you know, to be observing it from, we'll, we'll have from to a get distance. We'll as an extra on one of them. Well, I that's think. the thing. I'd love that. Yeah, just to be sitting yeah. in the background drinking a cup of tea. That'd be lovely. We'll, that, we'll sort that, that out for the next one. I'll make that happen. Yeah. I could probably screw that up, uh, drinking a cup of tea. You, you can't. Well, yeah, you don't drink tea. I don't drink it for a start. See, that, that would be acting, you see. That's why I said tea, because I would be acting then. Listen, um, what um, what should we make 
of stories. You've been fascinated and I think equal parts appalled and concerned in recent years about, I suppose, the attack on the feminine, the attack on woman, the attempting to redefine woman at the expense of women and, and, and all of that, this, this trans issue. But when you see things like NHS trusts are asking men, are they pregnant before MRI scans? We laugh apparently, at this. That has been going on for years, apparently. I wasn't aware. I, I'd be very concerned about any doctor saying, are you pregnant to me? Because it'd be like, I don't know, what are the odds, doc? You know, what's, what, what are the chances? Did you get your education on Twitter? Yeah. But apparently they have to ask these things because let's say, let's take all the nonsense aside. Say um, there was a someone born a woman, had terrible gender dysphoria that was leading into a state of despair. So she changed to, to appear as a man and to identify as a man. There are some mental issues that go with that, and they might not tell anybody, you know, right. that they aren't a man. Um, so I guess they have to ask, don't they? Because the other option is boiling a baby in a, in a scanning machine. <laughs> right. And no one wants yeah. to do that, you know? So I guess part of me, either the logical part is better safe than sorry. The other part of me is like, how can we not know? But then we're looking at census forms where they're just saying, well, just put him wherever you think you are. Right, um, that's it. it you that's may, where it gets confusing. Yes, you gave a good example there of why. Well, you 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 gave you gave a, a fairly sound reason as to why they would ask. But I don't believe it's the lady with the severe gender dysphoria no, they're so concerned they're the about. Driving this? No, they're the there's something else happening. What? What? Yeah. Can you explain for our listeners what is happening? Why this? To give a, a pop thing, yeah. what I'd love everyone to do, if you're not already fully aware, go and read up on queer theory um, by Foucault and people like that, which stems from postmodernism. It's about the destruction of societal norms. Um, that's what's driven a lot of the, the agenda, bi-gender, whatever. <laughs> I can't keep up with all that stuff. I'm an old man now, you know, but all of this eroding all barriers that they're now making the argument that sexuality is a choice, which, of course, is starting to get the backup of gay people and, and lesbians as well, because sexuality is not a choice. Yeah, I think it's hardwired, sexuality. Yeah, of course it is. Now, there will be listeners listening to this who won't agree with us. They will say, of ah, typically the two of ye. They'll I say, always ask them, though, one thing. My Christian listeners will say, of course, it's a choice, but I don't why believe it you, is. Why would you want to make your life harder? Yeah. Because I've known enough gay people and lesbians to know that ain't no easy option. No. You know, of course, I, I think it's the way people are. Other people's mileage may vary. Good luck to them. But um, so, so here's a question, and, and here's a question, and tell me to f off for butting in. I don't like butting in when 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 we chat. <laughs> you put in no, no, no. Time. But I want to I want to ask this: Where are um, you know, our gay and lesbian neighbours and friends? They should be screaming bloody they murder are. about this. Are they? they? Are, but no one listens. Recently, there's been this spate of slightly higher profile people, thanks to that. Is it Leah Thomas, the swimmer? Yeah. The large lady with the cock that swims. Um, there's been a lot more attention on this issue. And people said, where are the feminists in all this? Like, dude, they've been screaming for 15 years. You've just not been listening. You know, you don't care. No one listens. So a lot of them are up in arms about it. But no one listens. They're, they're, you know, the narrative is that you are a bigot and probably a Nazi. Uh, if you don't affirm everybody, for example, Talk Radio put a, a poll out today. Do women have a penis? 
Right. No. I think last time I looked, 90% people said yes, because they've mobilised the troops. You're kidding me. So 90% have said yes. Well, that's, I mean, it's not indicative of anything. It's a Twitter poll. They've uh, all piled on the bigger sort of trans activism accounts and some other things. And there were a couple of number jumps up there that made me me think perhaps somebody had bought a few votes as well. Um, But these things happen on Twitter polls. You can't get mad about that. If we believe Twitter... Labour would have had a landslide victory at the last election. Apparently, that didn't happen. So it's the same thing. But this, this, this is out there. This is the narrative. But I can't and, understand the fear amongst those who want to take this on. I, I can't understand it. I, because for me, I had a major problem on Twitter about three years ago, of which um, we were mates anyway, you and I, but I, I love yeah. you till the day you die for defending me. And I didn't get too upset about it because I could see it for what it was. I could see beyond the curtain to see what the emperor really is. Why are people so terrified? Why, do you, why have you got Keir Starmer going on LBC I've Radio? I've people saying, I'd love to work with you on a film, but you understand I can't. Because you don't believe that a woman can have a penis. To, I won't take the knee to anything. Yeah, well, I know that, you know, yeah. Ever. And, and people aren't happy about that because they want me to take the knee and um, I won't do it. So I, I tell them that I understand and I get it and, you know, they need to work and they need to live. But at the end of it, it's just people, if things go right, will never work with me when things go right either. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Not because I'm, not because I'm bitter, it's just, well, that's not how the game's played. No, and you're on a journey as well. I hate to use that cliche, yeah. but you're on a journey. And if, and if and please God, you will. Um, make a successful film, and we're all watching you one day at the Baftas. Um, please God, we will. But 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 yeah, but you'll want the people around you who were with you, and exactly. But this it's astonishing to me that they give. Why have they given so much power to Twitter? There is no power to Twitter once you just no, turn it off. It's a nonsense. You know what it is? It's the it's the court of public opinion. It's it's a really bizarre platform that they say is representative of everybody, but clearly we know it is. It isn't no. No, not even close. And it just has a lot of sway with journalists because they can wake up in the morning and get a story very easily. Yeah. And they love that. They love it. And that's where it's been given the power. Um, in and of itself, it has none. In reality, it still reaches out and influences and it gives people a chance to surround themselves only with people who agree with them where they can all then demonize and attack those who don't agree with them and get them banned which apparently is the ultimate. <laughs> how, how, how serious do you think this is for real women right now? Oh, very. Very. Why? Explain it to me in a few seconds. They're, they're being pushed out of sports. They're seeing males in female spaces. They're losing grants. They're losing positions. You know, positions that were created for women on councils and things like that. Right. Are being given to blokes. Now, I, we're told it's about 1% of the population, so they're, they're massively disproportionately represented, but still, in quotes, the most marginalised. They're playing the game perfectly, but, the, you know, there are a lot of high-wealth people behind this as well, including in the transhumanism movement. Yes. Which is, you know, I don't I don't worry about in the same way that you do, but I know it's there. Yeah, yeah. And I know some of the people that are behind it are very concerning. Um, and there's no way around that. You know, you can't say it's a conspiracy because they're, they're very honest and open about it. Here's a question for you as a filmmaker. 
Do you envisage a scenario in the future where the role of a woman will be given to a man, a trans yes. woman? Yes, 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 and, 100%. And, the, 100%. and the male actor, because there might be sex scenes, yeah. the male actor might say, fuck that. And, and he might lose his job. Yes. No, no, it is going to happen. It, it needs to happen to stop it happening. Right. It's got to happen in a high-profile way. No one's been that bold yet. And I, I'm not sure that anyone would. But, um, you know, it, I, I, I firmly believe it will happen because they've pushed for that. Ironically, they also state that, you know, only people who are what they're playing should be playing that character. Yeah, ironically, you know, you're absolutely right. So in other well, words... I, I spoke about this yeah. with James Dreyfus. There's this push that only gay people should play gay yeah, roles. Yeah. And so well, does that mean gay people can't play straight roles? Because that's Hollywood. Look at, look at what we'd miss out on. We'd miss out on Tom Cruise in Far and Away playing, yeah, the, playing yeah, the Irish um, character, one of the greatest Irish accents ever committed to celluloid of all Leonardo time. DiCaprio. Yeah, yeah. Asher, you're a corker. You're a corker, Yarshan. You're a corker. <laughs> Um, but 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 so, so, and you know just to go back to the sports thing, our guest by the way is Hayden Hewitt. Do check out Black Octopus Productions. I'm talking with Hayden about this issue because he's as briefed on it as anybody I know, because he keeps himself incredibly well briefed on it, and he regularly uh, pushes against these people on social media and engages them on, on these issues. The Commonwealth Games this year, if I remember, is in Birmingham. And w oh. w apparently, they're about to give the go-ahead for trans for men to cycle against women. In the in, in, yeah, in, this 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 guy is like a very good cyclist, but he finds it very difficult to cycle against men. Against uh, men, because some of the men are better. Um, so what he'll do is what that swimmer did. He'll go and be excellent in women's sport. I mean, I think in Australia, someone's just allowed in. Um, a trans rugby player in women's rugby, despite having terrible accidents in our field before. Yeah. Um, men are stronger. Men are stronger. They're more powerful. They've got more twitch muscle, greater lung capacity, larger hearts. Everything. You know, that's just a fact. So it's you're so you're you're saying then that when they tell these men who identify as women that they've got to be below a testosterone threshold. They have yeah. to have tests to reduce their testosterone. You're saying that that doesn't make a blind bit of difference. The advantage is there anyway. Yeah, there was a recent study. Um, it's two biologists that were involved. I'm sorry, I don't remember the names. It's one that swayed Rugby Union UK to say, right, okay, that's enough of that. Um, there is a slight loss, but in no way does it compensate for male puberty. You know, um, so of course the answer now is to not let people go through that. Yeah. But what if I said to you, my friend, that there are trans activists who can point to a study by somebody equally as qualified who says the opposite? Well, you see, what do you do with that? I'll go with two things. Number one, I'll look at the studies themselves. Then I'll point at that lady swimmer and say, look at the size of him. Yeah. And then I'll point at the largest female swimmer and say, why isn't she as fast as him? Yeah. Does she just have to try harder? Because when a mediocre male athlete can smash records in women's sports, it should tell you when when an under-14 team can beat the US women's football team, who are in no way a bad football team. No. Um, but they got smashed. And we see it time and time and time again. So the answer now, of course, is, well, we'll block puberty for the gender dysphoric children, of which I 
I just I can't even begin to explain how horrific an idea that is um, and how dangerous it is. But that's where we're going. You know, that's that's that, that is where we're. And going. is it like a juggernaut for you, Hayden? Like nothing appears to be in the way of this well, agenda. What's happened? I think there's there's been a very interesting generational capture. And whilst I know that all these young people will grow up in every sense of the word, right now they're very invested. And when you're young, you're given to fanaticism because it's part of growing up. It's part of being young. With me, it might have been heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, the films, you get, you become fanatical about things and your politics. You know, um, how many people do you see in Che Guevara t-shirts that don't realise what Che used to get up to or what kind of person he was, you know? Yes, yeah. Um, no, which I would admit, which I would admit to, being me. Of course, but, of course. But, but he's, I, you know, he's, not, he's not the wonderful, well-rounded human No, being not an angel, no, no. You know, he was what he was, but, I, you know, I wouldn't wear his t-shirt. No. Um, but when you're young, you don't see that. You see the, you know, you're idealistic, you're fanatical, you're fully invested until you grow up and have a kid and work in a bank and then it all falls apart when you realise life is just a grinding, mincing machine. We um, we we often chatted off air, um, you know, about certain politicians because, not because, I well, I, I, I've been accused of it. I can say, knowing you for the best part of 10 years, I know you don't have a misogynistic bone in your body. I mean, it's ironic to even say that because you've been going to bat now for women on this issue for several years and sincerely, there's nothing in this for you. But um, we talked before about, you know, the likes of Stella Creasy and others, um, Jess Phillips. Now, they're, I suppose, easy punching bags for, you know, for people who like to take the piss out of politicians. But they're scary people. I, I engaged her on yeah, Twitter some time ago. Yeah, positions of power. Yes. And rather than, exactly, and, and the Manchester MP, of course, and oh. they, they don't seem to have anything to say on this at all. They're terrified. They're terrified. And the funny thing is, they're thinking, well, if we go against this, you know, we'll be voted out. It's like, guys, have you seen what happened to the Lib Dems when they went full woke? Yeah. They were destroyed. Like the Greens. The Greens are awash with... Yeah, it, I mean, one of the main campaigners, if not a pedo, was certainly very pedo adjacent. Um, and we're seeing more and more of this sort of thing creeping in. As soon as you go woke, it goes to bits. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, you know I'm no fan of Boris Johnson or the Tories. Of course not, no, no. But when he came out recently and just, you know, well, opened his mouth and things fell out on this topic, he said exactly the right things that people will vote for. If this does, if more... And more people. He was are guarded, though. He, 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 sorry, Hayden. He was guarded. I know oh, he, he said. Guarded, I know he said biological sex closest. matters, but he, he was came guarded. The closest. Yeah. I mean, why anyone can't just say no? Of course, men don't have a cervix. Don't be so bloody stupid. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like you know, of course, men don't have periods. Well, trans men do. Yeah, but they're female. But they're women. Yeah, exactly. and you know it's just whatever they want to call them. Having an identity great. crisis, and that's not that's yeah. not to, to you know to, to put anybody down there, but for the grace of God, go go oh, why well, it could be anyone. Goes, I get a lot of abuse from some of the more radical feminist people because if someone's a reasonable, and by reasonable, I don't mean has to agree with me, just not an unreasonable human being. I'll use whatever pronouns they fucking like. It yeah. makes no difference to me. Yeah, me too. Yeah, uh, and I take terrible flack for that. 
from certain groups. Um, but I just can't hate anyone because they've got not a mental illness, but a mental condition. Because uh, an illness is definitely apparently not an illness, so a condition. But if that's the only way they can live their lives happily and they're not hurting anyone else, well, yeah, great, go for it. Yeah, I've interviewed so, I've interviewed trans women and transsexuals, which which which, which of course are you know are obviously are two different things, which I had to learn along the way, and you know delightfully came across as very well-rounded people who understand they're not women. Um, but, but, yeah, but need to to live as a woman for yeah. for, 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 for health reasons, for peace, for, their, for, for their health and, and, yeah. and well being and dignity. And well being and dignity and happy days. They're not, they're not hurting anyone. They're the majority though. This is what I can't get my head around. These are the majority. Well, I, don't, I don't know that they are anymore, I'll be honest. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know because they're being brutally attacked by the sort of blue haired brigade themselves, you know, the pronoun fans. Um, it's, it's just it's a shocking situation. I mean, look at um, Women's Place UK had a, a meeting in Manchester uh, last week, I think it was. Uh, where women's Women's Place UK. So this is this is yeah. a group trying to push back against this. Well, no, no, they're, they're all for you know single sex spaces, obviously, especially yeah. for abuse victims and things like that. And one victim, I don't know where she was from, um, but she was talking about the abuse she'd had, and while she was doing that. Outside, there was a load of um, sort of trannies and allies screaming, calling them wankers and howling at them over them because it's transphobic. Howling they were, Richie, and there was two coppers there. And then they started chanting, all coppers are bastards, which just goes to show that it doesn't matter how many rainbow stickers you put on your panda car, they won't love you. Wasn't it Merseyside police that posed in front of the... In front oh, of they're the, all, they're all, at, they're it. all at it, yeah. We had the pride bead, and that cost about nine grand. Um, I well, was it, asked, what could, what could you do to, in the future? I said, well, get a group of men to go. Don't do anything, for God's sake. Don't do it. Just stand don't there. Get a, load involved, of yeah. will turn, a load of police will turn up before you know it. Right. Will um, it be, will it be the case? Will it be the case in the near future, in your opinion, that to state your genuine opinion based on fact the trans women are not women will that become an offence do you think oh eventually yeah because they're trying to push you under the misogyny rule of the online harms bill which of course um, certain organisations want to include all women and by all women I include men imagine the day imagine the possibility I got a ban I got a Another 12 hours, I get many 12 hour suspensions. And so my last one was just for pointing out biological reality in the context of a conversation on biological reality. Yeah, you, were, you weren't atting someone, you weren't having a go at someone, you were no, just no, saying. We were just talking. I didn't even realize I was being, I mean, I know I'm usually reasonably offensive on there if I can be, but it's funny because the other guys like in the film company and things, it's like, you're going to chill out a bit on that now that you're filming. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, no. no. But you know, you bring that up, that might very well become a problem for you in getting your films shown in the future. Well, that's life. I'm, I'm, I'm 49, Richie. I'm not about to I know, I'm not trying to be a negative yeah, arsehole no, here I'm now. I'm just, I'm just saying. saying. I, I am, I'm, not, I'm not curtsying for anybody. You know, um, I am what I am. The guys involved know that. On this issue and many other issues, I won't, won't bend. I just won't bend.
And you have a you have a boy who who's um, an incredible kid. He's getting every yes. time we talk, he's gotten a bit bigger. He's gotten a bit well, older. He's and ten in a couple of weeks. Ten, amazingly, yeah, ten. because he was he was only, he was when 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 we met, he, he hadn't been born when we met. I don't oh, think. Well, no, and yesterday it seems like yesterday I was walking up and down, patting his eyes, trying to get him to sleep. You know, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Um, I bring him up. Uh, I bring him up for obvious reasons. You have to be and your wife very concerned about what he might be hearing in school. Well, we balance that out with, we always talk about it. We're open about anything he brings up. And contrary to what a lot of people would think I would be teaching him, what I'm mostly teaching him is respect everyone as an yeah. individual. And that's where it stops. Until they prove themselves unworthy of their respect, treat them with respect. And he does. And they've told him about lesbians and gay people uh, in school. And he's terminally disinterested. Of course he's telling things kissing you. Gross. <laughs> You know, but yeah. we're also this is I switched on. He came out of school one day. He went, "Dad," and all the people, are, yeah, he went, "What's a lesbian?" And I looked at him, and he looked at me. I could see the twinkle in his eye. I thought, "You know full well." He knew damn well. Yeah, trying to get yeah, a rise so out of you. We just balance it out. You know, we 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 address anything he's got to talk about. I try very hard with most things I do to not put my ideologies and beliefs onto him too much, unless they are very sensible ones. You know, like. Always make sure you got toilet paper. Yes, and 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 metal rules, of course. Got yeah, well, naturally, but that he makes his own choices in music, and I'm pleased to say he's really into all the classic metal and death metal, which makes me very happy. Now you see, some of my listeners now will think that you're the devil for saying that, for talking about death metal and all of those symbols that they make—the devil's horns and all of that—it's all symbolism. Well, we've you're evil. That, you're all that evil. Recent, metal that recent study. I think it was a Swedish uh, couple of scientists that people that listen to death metal tend to be the happiest and most well saw that. I saw that and I thought of you and I thought he's not happy no you are you yeah. are happy you are you are happy you are happy that's all well adjusted yeah, it's, <laughs> it's all relative but back back to this we're, we're not going to talk about Ukraine so much because we've, we've only got a few minutes yeah. left and we'll, we'll leave it's Ukraine for another day I could add to that conversation well look your, 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 your opinion is, is, uh, is, is very interesting so it is. I'm not. I'm not patronising you there. But let's stay with this to, to finish up. Then, it it might come to pass that declaring. You see, and and this is the thing. I said this on this show, and I never. My predictions are as are are as useless as teeth <laughs> on else? a bull. Right, uh, useless as teeth on a bull. I don't get too many predictions right, but I do believe that we're we're being engineered. Now we won't suffer this. You might with your filmmaking. Um, ambitions, and I hope you don't. But but the the young lad, the boy, yes. and his generation, in the future, they might be expected to make affirmations on things like this. They might, but um, let's have something a bit positive. Let's have something a bit positive. Yes. Especially here in the UK, more and more people are becoming, the, the words peaked, peak trans, you know, they're becoming aware. Yeah. And the more we see them pushing for you know athletes to move in the more people pay attention anything high profile they pay attention we're already called turf island here <laughs> because even though we were one of the first countries to enshrine human rights for trans people um and rightly so you know, just ordinary human rights not the right to do whatever you want but we were the first to you know pass laws saying well you can't discriminate against these people um but we're called turf island but i think we'll see more and more pushback and eventually I don't know that it's going to go completely one way. I think if Labour got in tomorrow, we'd have a problem. 
do um, you really? It, it it might accelerate. What what did you think of Graham Linehan, whom I know you've spoken with? Yeah, on, I spoke to him recently. Actually, on, well, spoke to him. I typed to him. Yeah, but on the, he was on the Stephen Nolan BBC yes. radio program, and uh, he became very emotional and and yeah, said but that weren't this, they happy about that? They were, oh, they were People delighted. Loved his, his misfortune, but you know what? He's, he's in a good place at the minute. From what, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not a friend of his. We, we chat occasionally. I'm not saying that to distance myself. It's just, got to be honest, I don't want to make it sound like, yeah, me and my uh, celebrity hater chums. Um, <laughs> but, but he is in a very positive place right now. He feels like he's, or the, the movement or whatever, because I'm not a part of anyone's gang, but they, you're the, the making headway. And... Um, you know, he, he did lose everything for standing up for a cause he believed in. Which is that biological um, sex is real, it yeah, matters, it's immutable. Bullied. You can see it and yeah, so many people just ignore it, but they're being bullied horribly. Just a quick one before we run out of time. Yeah. What um, what should blokes be doing about it, if anything? I mean, does... Pay attention, listen. You know, um... Just say, no, no. But the thing is, in all the polls, the people least likely to agree are blokes. Least likely to agree blokes over 25, 30. Just going, no, not having it. And a lot of people say, well, at least we got the young people. And I keep trying to point out, yeah, but they turn into older people very quickly and you change a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, especially once you've got kids. You know, then you start thinking, do I really want that bloke following my daughter into the toilets? Right. No, I don't. You know, no, I don't. And that, that, that's, that's how it happens. So I, I don't think all is lost. I think there's, there's, there's conflict of rights that at the minute it's being steamrolled by people who are far better organised and who people are terrified of offending because it makes them feel like they're being nasty or horrible. And they worry about potentially losing their income yeah, they're, through they're, losing yeah, their job. And that's why I understand some of the people said they couldn't work with me. I think they were over-egging the pudding. But, you know, I get it. And they'll say, well, when things change, we'll do this, we'll do that. And we won't. But, you know, it's, it's nice of them to say. Um, but, yeah, people are genuinely afraid right now because they are losing jobs uh, for the most innocuous for upsetting people and now we want to enshrine it in law that you can't upset people microaggressions and all of that bollocks imagine that yeah. microaggressions how can you legislate but, but, the, but they're attempting to if we worked together and I didn't like you and yeah. um, I'm I happen I, I happen to be gay and I go to my employer and say that you know you're being passive aggressive to me or you're looking at me in a certain way Rather than tell me to grow up and don't be so fucking sensitive, they're going to listen to me and come oh, yeah, after you. My, uh, look at Mayor Forstarter. Yes. He's going through um, a thing at the minute and, and it's looking like it might be okay, but just to be dragged through it because the process is the punishment. You know, if you, if you drag through anything for two, three years, there's your punishment. It doesn't matter whether at the end they go, oh, no, you're right, actually. You know, the process is the punishment. That's the fear. You've got some of them like um, Stephanie Hayden, I think he calls himself, who continuously sues people. But he's starting to come on top, lost the case against the Daily Mirror, got to pay 30 grand claims, got no money but post pictures of himself at the airport. Right. So it's slowly but surely, the, the, the wheels grind very slowly, but usually quite fine.
And as more of these things topple and come to light, as as they overreach, and I don't mean they as in transfield, I mean that type of person. The the agenda, yeah. The activist, yeah. As as they overreach, it always goes wrong because at some point the general population catch on and when they do, they don't like it because invariably people are quite straight down the line, whether you, you gate street or whatever, you're still, no, no, this is, this is life. This is how it should be. Don't bother me with all that nonsense. But when it starts to infringe, that's when the pushback starts. But I think that will suit the activists because then they can point and go, look at these horrible people. Play, play the, old, better, the old victim card, yeah. Yeah, if it goes completely wrong, they can just pack up the cases, pretend that they're not que- queer, whatever that means now anymore, and um, go back to a normal, normal life. Go back to a conventional yeah. life. Listen, we're going to leave it there for, for today. Thanks for jumping in to talk about that because it's so My obviously son, prescient. Just being harassed by a bumblebee. <laughs> oh, I, wait, I, wait, I, I could hear him in the background, top man. <laughs> you, good luck with um, the... The, the new short film and the feature to come Black Octopus Productions you'll find it on YouTube please go and watch uh, the films you'll be glad you did um, Hayden is very talented as are the people who work with him and um, I think they're going places I look forward to seeing more of the work I really do mate so um, bye for now and um, look, we'll, we'll be speaking again real soon oh I imagine you and I will be speaking next week well, well yeah I'll speak soon thanks so much for having me on mate brilliant Hayden Take thanks care. so much for that bye for now uh, Hayden Hewitt uh, folks Hayden has been across this issue for several years brilliantly briefed on it written about it talked about it has done programmes on it spoken on his programmes with trans people from both sides of that um, Graham Linehan he's interviewed before uh, and others it's um, really interesting isn't it isn't it isn't it funny to, funny but also chilling to hear politicians unable to come to terms with a simple question can women have penises no no they can't right it's uh, 5 minutes past the hour dr Anne mccloskey will be with me momentarily your Richie Allen show. This is Shanice. It's Tuesday's program. The BBG, live from BBG Towers in Salford. Lovely to be with you. That is Shanice on the Richie Allen show. It's eight minutes past six. Welcome back to the program. You can comment richieallen.co.uk. Comment live is how you do that. The website is back up and running now. There isn't anything going on there. It's just. It's the volume of traffic, and we're trying to deal with that at the moment. Apologies for it. Lots of comments on Hayden and what he was talking about there. Do chat amongst yourselves on there. There's a lot of comments, hundreds of comments coming in during the programme. Look, Really looking forward to speaking with, um, with Anne McCloskey again. Back in February, she came on the programme. We had a terrific hour. You'll know Anne as a doctor, respected doctor, who came out of retirement a couple of years ago at the outset of uh, the COVID um, outbreak. She did that to to help out. It's a very noble thing to do in Derry. Now, you'll know that late last year, she was suspended for 18 months. She claimed, and it's fair to say correctly claimed, that people were being coerced into having the jabs. They were, of course, coerced into having the jabs. And uh, she also said that the jabs weren't proven to be safe, but importantly, not even proven to be necessary. Again, she was right to say that. And the time has borne that out. You know, it's proven her to be right. Um, there's been news on that. I'm sure you'll know if you know Anne. Let's welcome her back to the programme, Dr. Anne McCloskey. Anne, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. How are you? 
I'm great, Richie. Great altogether, Richie. How's the sound there? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. You sound like you're in the next room. Thank God for that. It's like the, I love the Skype and I love the Zoom because people listening, they think they're in the studio somewhere, but we're not really. We're, I know we're 80, 100, 150. My geography is terrible. Uh, miles away. How's it in Derry? Glorious, I, I'm guessing. It's completely beautiful, yeah. I'm kind of glad we're audio only because I've been out pulling bushes and nettles all and right. briars and all the rest of it and sawing up things. And yeah, so just grand. I'll give you a so, laugh, yeah. Anne. I'll give you a laugh before we move on. We we live in Salford. When we moved here, there was a, a god-awful astroturf down as the front garden. And whoever did it, it, it was very cheap astroturf. So it took yeah. us two years to get, you know, to, to muster up the enthusiasm to do it. But we've had it done and we've got a beautiful lawn now. We've got lovely bushes and it's lovely, but it just dawned on me, Anne, someone's going to have to keep it and maintain it. And that's where I'm, yeah. I'm not thrilled yeah. about it. To be there honest. is a drawback to having a garden all right. Well, I have a lovely crop of dandelions and, you know, I used to think they were weeds. Apparently they're really, really good for, you know, they're really good medicinal, you know, things and you can make all sorts of stuff with them. So I'm cultivating my dandelions. That's my excuse. Dandelion tea. You see, conversations can go anywhere. So you're, 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 you're a respected doctor. There's no doubt about that. So you're a medical woman. Well, and I, I, had, I had 40, 40 years. I qualified in 1981 from University College Dublin and I worked for 40 years and do you know what for all of that time there was never you know any complaints sustained against me and I've I've had you know you're at it so long that you get good at stuff you know yeah. medicine's kind of you know like any other trade in a way you know yeah you, you, there's nothing now that that would have phased me and you know it was it was brilliant I, I absolutely love my work and I left you see to go in sort of to go into politics I, I retired a wee bit earlier and I got elected then into the council and stuff. But uh, as they say, Shinsuke Alela, that's another story. That's another story, yeah. We could talk about that in yeah. another show because very interesting, your experiences in politics. But just before we talk about the news and about, you know, you know your your problem with the with the medical authorities, um, not, not, not of your making, of course, on the dandelion tea thing, has, have you become interested now in homeopathy and stuff like that? In, uh, have you? Uh, totally, yeah. It just... And I am lucky enough, I'm, I'm old enough to actually, we did actually get a fairly balanced, I would say, medical education back in the early 80s. You know, there, there was no, I wouldn't have known what Big Pharma was. There was no sponsorship uh, of, of our, you know, of, of the university, as far as I'm aware. It certainly wasn't in any way overt. And and the names of, of pharmaceutical companies were never mentioned. We learned about drugs genetically generically you know by their their chemical name and how they worked i i certainly would you know there was never any there was no sponsorship of anything there was no dinners or weekends away or you know that it just didn't happen um uh so yeah it, it you know that that whole corporate the emphasis on on the corporate is certainly, you know, was was something that happened throughout my career, and I was I was very aware of it. We used to say, you know, you you could you could you could go to the bribey things, but not be bribed. But I I find I have to say that that probably didn't work. If you had got right. a free weekend away, uh, it, it did influence, and and those things happened. Uh, thank God, then a few years ago they kind of cut back in that a bit. But there was no doubt, you know, that that, that that change happened in the last three decades, I'd say, that you had this massive emphasis on pharmaceuticals as opposed to preventative and, and 
you know, but I was doing proper healthcare. And as I say, when I was working, I spent more time trying to get people off stuff uh, than on it. I mean, it's, it's bizarre that he- relatively healthy communities now are, you know, once people are over the age of 50, they're on an average of three or four drugs per day, you know, with, with very tenuous uh indications so yeah it's 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 complex i mean i did read ben goldacre's big pharma 20 years ago i think it was published uh and uh but but you know that looking at where we've come after these past two years it's absolutely chilling and we can talk a bit about the, the the regulatory bodies and the the licensing bodies and that they're utterly utterly captured um, you know, when you look and, and delve and see where their where their funding comes from and 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 all the rest of it, and and uh, you know, they, that system is impenetrable. Do you know? You, you say that. I remember about a year and a bit ago, I did a show, and just as I was about to um, kind of wrap it and get it ready for five o'clock, I heard June Rain, the chief executive of the um, MHRA, the regulator here. She gave an interview. I've still got the clip, but I probably can't dig it out now. You'll be aware of it anyway. And she was asked by somebody at the... She was at a select committee hearing in Westminster. And somebody asked her, how, how did she envisage the role of the MHRA? Now, man, I'm a bog-standard journalist. I'm not the greatest of all time, right? But I, I, would, I would have expected her to say, it's her job to vehemently examine every medicine that is put up for you know, potential sale or prescription here in the UK to turn it over and look at it with a microscope. She said, her her initial answer was, I swear to God, this is what she said. She said, we see our position as providing access. That was, that astonished me. I couldn't to believe what? it. But, Did but she qualify that? Yes, to providing, providing access. She, she, she saw herself and the MHRA, I will send you the, M, the MP3 of the clip, as, as a conduit between doctors' surgeries and the big pharma companies to provide access. It's it's utterly, utterly disgusting. The MHRA, when the history of these times is written, the MHRA have signally failed in their bounden duty to protect protect people and to investigate, to investigate, uh, you know, outcomes that are, you know, where, where... I get it that everything that happens after you get a jab isn't cause and effect. You can't prove that. But the what evidence now is over and has been for a year that these things should be withdrawn and stopped and a rigorous examination of every case, including where where applicable postmortems, you know, um, you know, proper forensic examination of where people came to harm after these injections. They're now offering them starting on the 1st of April. That's what. Friday, Friday to five to eleven year olds. I mean, that, that's I've been I've been spending my time going around the, the the housing estates and standing outside schools, giving out leaflets. Now, thank God, uh, and I certainly don't take credit for this, but in the in the, the north of Ireland, the uptake rate in in children is two percent. Right, that's very uh, low. Far, which is which is yeah. I mean, that's that's wonderful, and it's. Uh, you know, I, I, as I say, if I played a small part in that, it's wonderful. No but, doubt you, you know, did play. No, hang on. No doubt you did play a, a part in that. No doubt think, because you're doing it. Leafleting is, is important. And I mean, yeah. there, there are loads of people at it. Uh, you know, just going and talking to people. 
and about their children, specifically about children. And then funny, I was listening to somebody uh, who was talking about, no, that's safer to wait campaign. Yeah. And they were saying that where you're focusing on children, you very often get the adult saying, hold on a minute. You know, the same molecular biological processes apply no matter what your age and that, you know, that you can. But if you focus on children, you get you don't get the resistance that you get when you're talking to, to you know, to people about themselves. Uh, and as I say, a lot of people, as I say, if you've taken one jab, don't take a second. If you've taken two, don't take a third. If you've taken three, don't take a fourth. You know, the less of this stuff you get into you, the better. Um, that You know, these things we know now, they're useless. They're obsolete. They're still uh, protecting against, if you believe in the variants. The variants have all gone now. Have you noticed since the, cr- the crack in, in, in Ukraine? Amazing, there's no variants yeah. anymore. It's all Overnight. finished. Over no more variants. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, the the, the PCR test. You know, there is no test to distinguish between the variants. These are just computer generated fantasies. Do you remember? Oh. Do you remember Brian May put that to his own doctor, the Queen guitar player? Yes, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Brian May just said to him, "Tell me, have you adapted that test now for yes. the, the COVID test for the new variant?" And the the doctor had no answer for him. <laughs> Basically, I mean, no. I have I have a, I have a document produced by Randox. Uh, which was was way back in in probably May or June of 2020, which said that said that the Randox Laboratory on their literature said, and it's off their website now, but that it, it can't distinguish between uh, COVID, other coronaviruses, flu viruses, adenoviruses, rhinoviruses, you know. So bits of virus up your schnoz will give you a positive test. Yeah. Bits yourself up your schnoz will give you a positive test. So Anne, you're <laughs> telling me that as we speak today, there are well, the entire British media is begging the government not to end the free lateral flow tests from this Friday, coincidentally. And the media is in lockstep, as you well know, you've talked about this yourself so, so often over the last couple of years. And they're saying, please don't end the free tests. My suspicion is, is because they're terrified if the free testing goes away, all the case numbers go away, and then they don't have the... And, and you're saying that... like, like a straight line graph. Yeah. between the numbers of tests done and the numbers of cases. If you look at countries where they don't bother testing, COVID didn't happen. Didn't happen. It's incredible. And then across the border, where they're frantically testing, you know, you, you have tens of thousands of cases. The thing is utterly, utterly ridiculous. Let me challenge, because I'll be accused of giving you an easy ride, so let me challenge this now. You're convinced, are you, that... So there must be flu around now. There always is this time of year. So, so, so you're convinced that people who might have seasonal flu are taking these tests and the tests are coming back positive, not because of COVID, but because they have seasonal flu. You're certain of that? That's what the manufacturers of the tests have, have told us. I have the, the, the document, you know, laminated, yeah. in fact, somewhere, so it'll bear the, the, the test of time. It's in black and white. These PCR tests, the, pos- the positivity, and Mike Eden does this beautifully, the, you know, whatever percentage, if you have 3%, say, say you test 100 people and three of them are positive. Well, let's let's scale it up a bit. If you tested 300,000 people and, 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 and 3% were positive, of that number, 97% will be false positives. You know, they... they in, in a healthy population, it's different if you get people with very classical symptoms of what we call COVID nineteen. And right. um, you know, you probably get a higher, uh, a much lower false positive rate. But in healthy populations, testing people, amplifying what you find in their nose by forty five, 
and testing it against a computer sequence does not diagnose disease. It does not diagnose transmissibility. And it was used as a pretext to lock society down. And we can see the outworkings of that. This is a deliberate dismantlement, a deliberate softening up of an economy ready for the new horror that they're going to have now, where it looks as if they're sabre-rattling sabre for a world war and sanctions, which they're going to blame on Putin, which actually will hurt. Destroy people. As, as all wars do, the poor, the yeah. marginalised, children, women, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously, you know, the, the, the soldiers are expected to go and, and act as cannon fodder in them. Um, it's obscene. And it has been. This, this is, <laughs> as I say, you know, and I... If I'd heard myself saying talking like this five years ago, I would have said you need stronger tablets. I asked you that last time round. I said to you yeah. last time round, you know, would you could you ever have imagined no. talking about this type? Uh, yeah. Dr. Anne McCloskey is our guest. She's in Derry, 40 years uh, practicing medicine. Do you want to get this out of the way before we talk about other issues? This is important. I mean, you had retired anyway. You came out of retirement, which I'm, I'm not sputtering you up. It was a nice thing to do and you did it. Um, but then you said, look, you know, what's going on here? There's something wrong. And because of that, you were you were suspended. That's basically... I did the first day back. Yeah. Did first you? Day one. I did. I looked and said, you know, I already had my suspicions at that time, as I say, in the council I had been arguing. I think I've told you this before. I did, we didn't need to cancel the St. Patrick's Day parade in 2020. We already knew the case fatality rate of this and we knew the people who were vulnerable to it, uh, whatever it is. And uh, we knew that it was, you know, that, that, that it was not dangerous for the vast, vast majority of people. So we knew that. But still, I mean, I was listening to my colleagues standing doing radio interviews saying that the out of our centre is, is, is chaos and that the, the GP COVID assessment centre was like a war zone. And it was crickets. There was nothing happening. Why were they saying that? Why were they lying? I have no idea. I um, they won't they won't converse with me and tell me why they were saying things which were manifestly untrue. We were able to see the the, the booking screens. You know, you can see inside one part of the system. You can see the screen for the other part. Yeah. You know. In fact, it, 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 it's it, it's an FOI that that I'm waiting to get answered just to, to look and see how many people went through the, 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 the GP COVID assessment centre per shift uh, in, 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 in those early days. And, you know, as I say, I, I know the answer. The lies that were being told were monstrous. Can I just remind, I, I don't want to be doing this, but I will, I have to do this, just based on what you said. I've never mentioned this again, but about a year and a half ago, I was preparing a mid-morning Sunday show on, just a newspaper review show, and I heard a Labour MP called Dr. Rosena Allen Khan speaking on Sky News, and she told a whopper of a lie. I mean, I've never heard such a bare... I mean, politicians, they, they say that present company, we have to say present company accepted, which you're, which you're delving into politics. But, but this woman went on Sky and talked about how she worked at one of the Nightingale hospitals, I think, in London. And she said that she would spend hours there phoning families to tell them that people had died. Now, I was frantically tweeting the Sky presenter. At the time, I had a Twitter account and my Twitter account was fairly well known. It had a lot of followers. And, and I'm, I'm tweeting her going, call her out, call her out, she's lying. Nobody died in any Nightingale hospital. She's lying about this. This is serious. So what I did was I tried to, um, how, how do I put it? 
I tried to debate Rosanna Allen Khan into suing me or sending me a solicitor's letter because I made a YouTube video and it, it got a lot of views where I basically called it out and said, why is she telling these lies? She didn't spend hours in any Nightingale hospital telling, you know, poor mums and dads that, or, or grandparents or whoever, that, that, that people died. And I couldn't bait Rosanna Allen Khan into responding or to threatening me with a solicitor's letter or cease and desist, nothing. But what a lie, Anne. Yeah. We had one here, there was a respiratory registrar likewise, who was all over social media and on the radio and got, again, such a soft ride talking about, you know, crowded wards and, and she's specifically, I think, talking about children and about these children being ventilated and, you know, how chaotic it was. And uh, citizen journals who are who are a, a bunch of people here in, in, based in Belfast, um, and the name it, it does what it says in the tin. They just they do what the what the, the mainstream media should be doing, a bit like yourself. Uh, they investigated it and, and and contacted the hospital and asked how many people were in ventilators. None. You None. know they just they just make it up. You know, and I'm wondering, is it actually you know we know know this sort of you know this mass formation? Do these people are they hallucinating? You know, are they are, do they actually believe what they're saying is true, or are they happy? to barefacedly lie and you know that you must know when you're telling saying something that is manifestly untrue that there may be a comeback you know somebody somewhere you know will will maybe check it out that's a great point you were making dr Anne mccloskey is our guest live from Derry. that is a brilliant point they wouldn't say those things if they feared they would be called out on them now i'm not convinced that those doctors and nurses were brought in to this and that they were all part of it. So I'm guessing that you might be right with the mass formation thing. It, that it, makes it, more it, sense it, to it, me. It's quite, you know, I, I could not have believed. I mean, I, OK, as a GP, you tend to work individually. You know, you, you work in a practice, but you kind of go into your surgery and you close the door and you practice medicine the way you want to do it. Um, uh, so, you know, you, but I mean, the people I work with, I, I kind of respect and it's, a lot of them actually think, yeah, this is this is this is this is scary. It was scary even at the beginning. And I think I don't know. It, it it it's sort of a reinforcing thing where if you're dressed up and have the hat and the gloves and the and the and the, the suit and 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 you're not allowed to wear your civvies and you know, that kind of maybe reinforces that this is a very t- dangerous thing. I remember back in the, the old swine flu thing, I, again, I was working in the out of our centre and there was a pile of PPE laughing there, you know, it, there was a room full of all these sort of suits and stuff. We laughed at it. You sort of go, what? What, what? you know, because it, nothing, nothing happened then either. But I think once you put that stuff on, maybe you sort of step into the fantasy. I don't know. Maybe. I really don't know. This is fascinating. This, this really is the whole psychology of it because thanks yeah. for saying that because it isn't black and white. There are shades of grey here. I, I, I think I mentioned last time we spoke, I'm looking out the window of the studio here and I can see it's almost within touching distance, Salford Royal, which as you know is a massive hospital. It's huge and they're extending and extending. And I know three people who work in there. They'll never be named obviously, but, but I stand by my own integrity. I wouldn't make it up. And they said to me, nothing happened in 2020, Richie. Nothing. Yeah. Well, again, I mean, if you look at if you look at the the, the the global mortality statistics, in no country was there a statistically significant increase in age standardized all cause mortality. Nothing unusual happened until the introduction of these um, of the jabs. injectable gene therapies. 
Gotta got uh, ask you this, Anne, because um, by the way, forgive me for interrupting. Tell me to shut the f up no, if no, you no. want. But but so many people are asking me to put this to you. Last week, the tarnished Leo Varadkar said, didn't he, that in any inquiry in in Ireland into why lockdown happened, that Tony Houlihan of Neffet, just for our listeners overseas, Neffet would be like Sage in England. Yeah. And and your man, Paul Reid of um, the Health Service Executive, they wouldn't be called, Anne. Yeah. Well, an inquiry run by a government is obviously not, doesn't have a possibility of getting to the truth. We need an independent, uh, you know, judge-led, you know, completely separate from from any influence from from gun uh, it needs to be you know funded but independent of government it's just it's just ridiculous it's astonishing and it needs it needs to be people led but it's going to happen anyway i mean richie as you know there are court there are cases all over the world i mean i, I just maybe talk briefly about my own situation i have now for look i don't care less the, the problem is they can't really deal with me because I don't particularly want to go back to practice. I will never work in the NHS again after the last two years. I will never work in the NHS again. And at the beginning of this, as I say, I was seeing people in my own house who couldn't get help. And funny, even today, I just went out to get a couple of things there in the local supermarket. And two two separate people come up and talk to me, said, we miss you. We can't see a doctor. We can't get help. You know, what are we going to do? You know, you know people are just being left high and dry it's absolutely it's absolutely pitiful are you telling me this is still going on where surgeries are telling people absolutely they can't come in still not seeing people face to face not not all not and again because gps are are pretty much they were told that they had to to open up but a lot of them didn't and 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 you know i know people who've, who've been phoning for literally days on end trying to have a conversation with the doctor and then it's a conversation over the phone but you see Richie, this is the dismantling of the NHS. I've been calling this out for the last 10 years. The NHS has been privatised, sliced off. In my 40 years in medicine, the number of NHS beds decreased by 50%. You know, that's what happened. And then you had these private things, uh, usually uh, set up by NHS doctors, and a lot of them are double-jobbing. They're, you know, racing away from their surgeries and, and you're packing, getting their clinics over nice and early and away down the road, 15 miles down the road with a massive private hospital. It has been booming and it was booming right through COVID. So people who were telling you that you can't, for example, get your ear syringe because it's a high risk procedure are quite happy to do it if you pay for it. And that 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 that's what's happening. I know, again, of people who couldn't get, uh, you know, couldn't get their 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 a doctor to see them. Uh, we were, you know, you go and get an MRI privately, 400 quid, and then you couldn't see a neurosurgeon uh, because of COVID and in inverted commas, whatever. That means I have no idea why a respiratory virus should impinge upon neurological services. That's something somebody's going to have to explain to me. Mm-hmm. But that's that's you know, it's because of COVID. Everything was because of COVID. That nothing could be done. And this this particular man I'm thinking about, he's self-employed. He has a young family. He works uh, fixing gas. Seven grand to have his 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 massive uh, disc bulge in his neck sorted out. He was a working man. He had to sell his van and and, and work out of a you know an old secondhand thing to get that done. And but this is this the NHS is never coming back again. People think you know it's over now. It's not coming back again. 
GP services are going to be online. A lot of it will be algorithms. You will have nurse practitioners and, and physicians assistants. You know, you'll only see a doctor, you know, with, with a very rigorous set of criteria. But I always said whenever I was practicing as a GP is, if, I don't care if, you know, if even if somebody just wants to come in for a yarn and set their worries at rest or get a week. Some people used to come in, you know, there are, there are people who just love getting their chest sounded. It makes them feel better yeah. and they go home and they're happy. That to me is worthwhile. If you're making somebody less frightened or, you know, reassuring them that they're great, you know, whatever that, that, that a lot of GPs is very, very mundane, but, and you do have vulnerable people who seem to need that extra bit of support. And that, that to me is what family medicine, what general practice is about. That sounds, do, um, that sounds holistic to me. That sounds like a kind of like a holistic approach to me. That's what, what you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, you, you do diagnose cancers and you do pick yeah. up, you know, esoteric things. But in, in a lifetime, a lot of it is very much, we call them the worried well, but the worried well are entitled to an assessment and maybe a blood test to, to reassure them. There's no way that's all gone. That will never come back. That will never come back. Was there ever a cut-off point, Anne? Because that sounds lovely. In fact, it sounds beautiful. And it reminds me of Waterford-based GP Audrey Farrell, Dr Audrey Farrell, who was, was my family's GP for years. And she was very much like yourself. You know, appointments went on forever. But nobody in the waiting room complained because yeah. they loved her. They, they knew that she cared and, and, and she did listen. Did you ever have to draw a line under that? Because some people, from what I've read, some people can become a bit of a nuisance. Uh, you, you learn to manage it. Yeah. You know, it's not, no, it's not. It's, I hate to refer to people they, as nuisances, by the way. I don't mean human beings are nuisances, no, but we do have people, like okay. hypochondria is a, genu- is, a, is a general thing. It's a genuine thing. And, and could be a rather cruel word too. They call, they're called heart sink patients. You know, they come in and your heart sinks. Right. But, you yeah. know, as I say, my mother had a great expression. She'd say, whenever you've harrowed what I've ploughed, you know, some people just get a shit deal in life. And, and, and you know, that and are, you know, a lot of it is trauma based and all the rest. They're entitled the way that the NHS used to function. Is, and, and it's not, I mean, you, 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 you don't spend a half an hour. If someone needs a half hour, because of some new thing, they'll get it. But the vast majority, even of the, the sort of regular attenders, they, they just want, need, need their hand held for a while. That's okay. But all I'm saying is, is that whole ethos now is scorned. You know, oh no, we have algorithms now. We can do this online. We can, we can be much more efficient. What it means is pushing humanity out of it uh, and, and letting the machines take over. And this is where this whole reset has taken us. It's very much, you know, they're going to do it with healthcare. They're going to do it with money. They're going to do it with, with just every aspect of your life is going to be um, on the grid. Uh, and it's 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 chilling and it's... it's. Um, I should have sent you a, a link to an article today. Forgive me. What Anna's talking about, where this is going, artificial intelligence and stuff. Um, you're listening to Dr. Anne McCloskey, by the way, in Derry. And she's right to say this. You probably saw this, Anne. James Gallagher writing in or writing for the BBC News website today. He's a health and science correspondent. Speaking of chilling, the headline is Matching Drugs to DNA is New Era of Medicine. Yeah. We have the technology to start a new era in medicine, 
by precisely matching drugs to people's genetic code. And he talks about this, this is going to happen. Yeah, do you know that there's aspects of that that I wouldn't have a problem with because people are very different in the way that they, you know, but it's it's the the thing that would be when you remove everything else and just do it that way, you know, that 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 is that is scary. Yeah. If if we had a system with humanity and compassion and and the rest of it, that wouldn't be an issue because, for example, there are I think is, is it a quarter of people who don't metabolize codeine to to morphine you know and it just doesn't work i'm one of them i put my back out and so i somebody gave me cocodamol and i thought oh god at last i'm going to see what the patients find so wonderful about this no effects key because you know and that's that that whole stratified medicine makes sense as long as you have eth- strong ethics yes this it. is the problem and we, and we have to wonder that is gone i yeah. mean i i'm i'm very pro-life and i look at the way that the care of for example of the unborn premature babies and people who have disabilities and are terminally ill has changed in in a professional lifetime and unfortunately the system now regards people as meat um you know and and the system not necessarily the people who work in it because again i know that during the depths of COVID, there are colleagues of mine who are nurses who were distraught at the way that they were forced to behave towards people and make people behave and and you know a lot of them just walked away from the profession that they loved uh, and and i understand that you know um so it's it's it, it's complicated but if you don't have if you don't have a code of ethics which puts the person you're dealing with at the front middle center and head of what's happening then then you have we have a problem and, yeah, and I think the outworking of it is, is 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 what we see. I'd be worried about the the kind of the collation of that DNA and who would you know have access to it and what else might be possible. Yeah, because they I, was, yeah. I was listening to to Patrick Henningsen. I'm sure you're aware of his work. He was talking about the Great Reset has actually started. Certainly, within certainly, it's taken off in the last ten years. So there's there's very little the the powers that be don't know about us. You know, everything we do now is utterly visible yeah. and recorded and and you know the, the, just the whole surveillance equipment you know the way that if you say i'd love a bun immediately you get advertisements to your phone but you know it's just there's no there is no such thing as privacy until we learn to do without the gadgetry and look at all that data people willingly gave up when we were given the social media companies remember facebook when it started Absolutely. people talking about where they were where they were going what they loved what they didn't yeah. love who they loved what yeah. they loved where they were, were had traveled what they eat i mean yeah. it just gave everything up really people did yeah so so well the, the your dna is certainly probably the the last sort of fortress of, of privacy but again there, there are people I don't know if this is true who are saying that you know when you when you get a blood test anybody who wants can 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 use that for whatever purpose you know uh, it's 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 sinister and I just I've lost trust in 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 the medical profession and in the, the management of it not so much the practitioners I mean there are still people who who have the highest ideals and the highest ethical principles working on on the shop floor uh but it's the people in in in, in you know the, the a few uh levels up 
particularly now. I mean, you know, whenever whenever I was a, a young doctor, the you know there was there was the ward sister and the consultant ruled the roost. You know, there was no. There, we, there, I I I don't ever remember having having a management structure in the hospital. I'm sure somebody looked after the wages, but there was no dictates from above about how things should be done. Uh, and it was it was it worked, and it worked for patients. Whereas now you have literally billions of of pounds spent on hierarchical, you know, management, and 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 really all the. the I don't. Th- I can't see any any material benefit. No, the service has gotten worse. You mentioned that beginning yeah. at beginning at the end of the nineteen eighties, they began to reduce the amount of bed capacity in the NHS. While obviously the country kept growing in terms of the numbers of people every year, you know, okay. a city like Cardiff or Swansea. But at the same time, they were reducing beds. I had to read that. That came up on this program a few years ago before COVID, and I had to wipe my eyes. Um, and because I couldn't believe it, I couldn't believe that anybody could allow that to happen. You know, countries get bigger all the time because you know mortality um, rates, you know, have been declining for forever because of you know improvements, ironically, in healthcare. But at the same time, you're reducing beds in hospitals and making it more difficult for people to get to see. So at that point, you're only—it's like Occam's razor. You can only, after we getting rid of all the other possibilities, you can only conclude that it's by design. It's not an accident by design to wreck it. It seems that there's 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 no doubt. And again, I mean, governments don't, as we know, they they don't actually do what it says. Governments don't govern anymore. No, they don't. Governments no. are literally the tools of the hedge funds and the bankers and the the you know the the the, the global elite spokespeople. Um, and it's it's it's. The realization that that is the case that 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 all of this is is you know completely happening at a level that people can't de- don't even most people don't even know exists. Do you think people will cotton on to this? I learned of this in the mid two thousands. I came out of mainstream media um, for the first time. I went back to it, but I came out of it for the first time in two thousand and two, and I had this horrible realization, and it did keep me up nights, and I did get very depressed about it. I, yeah. I I realise that every side of the argument, be it the progressive Democrats or Fianna Fáil or Fine Gael or Sinn Féin, that ultimately they were all controlled. And, you know, I remember once seeing a diagram of a spider's web. So you have the think tanks and the foundations and 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 then spreading out from that then, you know, moving up the, you know, moving, moving, moving towards the centre of the spider's web. I found that very hard to accept I really did that. It was all a ruse. Uh, it took me yeah, some time to realise that. And I wonder... I think, you... it, I think all of this is, is... And you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, I, I you were well well out of the box before me. But but I think this is... A lot of it is more visible now. You know, and I, I, I think we're actually at a fork in, 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 in humanity's... You know, where we go from here, I, I think... You know, you look at the millions and millions of people who've been out protesting, research, and look at the the quality of of the evidence that there is. For example, I'll, t- I'll tell you about my my recent travail with the GMC. I got another six months suspension there last week. I gave them, I, I gave them in, in the first time. I gave them, I think, probably forty five pages of close typed, fully referenced, you know, hardcore science 
uh, about every aspect of this. This now was was back in, in September. And uh, I haven't even had an acknowledgement of that. You know, I was suspended. They didn't, at no stage was I given any evidence, not one shred of evidence to say, you said this and this was incorrect. The one thing they did say that was, I, I said that license, the, the, the vaccines weren't licensed and they're not licensed. They're under emergency youth authorization. Right. Yeah. End of story. And they still are. They're still not licensed in the sense that drugs have been licensed prior to this. The, the, the nomenclature and the vocabulary all, has all changed, of course. So the word pandemic means something different and vaccine has been redefined and all of that. But they not one shred of evidence. All they say, they use this word misinformation. I am accused of spreading misinformation. Well, tell me what sort of information. So the most recent review I had there was just was last week. And I decided I sacked the lawyers because I decided to have a bit of fun. So I sent all the, the, the upper echelons of the, the General Medical Council notices of liability and follow up notices. And, I, you know, I'm, 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 I'll see them in court. Um, but they're totally captured. I, so I, they 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 did the six month review. And because I had sent some two members of that were back on that committee notices liability they said they'd have a conflict of interest and i said well i'm very happy to assure you now that i don't regard that as a conflict of interest the two things are completely separate oh no no we'll have to reconvene so anyway they reconvened a couple of days later we went back and i gave them i called it the speech from the doc doc like and it was really talking to them about yeah. the, the the context for all of this and you know the protecting children and the, the way that we need to hand our world on to our children and grandchildren with at least the same rights and freedoms as people have had. And it was it was pretty, you know, Martin Luther Kingish. Do you know what I mean? It was it was it was really and they already had, as I said, fresh, uh, updated uh, book of evidence. Again, I think at this time it was forty three pages of of stats data right across the world. And I'm I'm, I'm borrowing obviously the work of of, of people much more better able to look at these things than myself, like the like like Ivor Commons and you know, and the Pandata, all the, the the wonderful people who've been who've been charting the progress of this. You know, it's rock solid. So I said, can you give me any evidence that what you're saying is true? What you're saying is true is that I was going against public health guidelines. Absolutely, I make no apologies for that. Public health guidelines have made this infinitely worse the whole situation infinitely worse but tell me what can you define misinformation and show me one instance and they listen to you and they 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 deadpan there was no response no comment uh after i'd finished speaking they didn't say anything and uh, they thanked me very much for for turning up and the whole bit and they went away and did what they were going to do from the start anyway because they if I had gone in and said, I'm desperately sorry, I will never let it happen again. Please give me back my license. I need to pay my mortgage. They probably would have said, OK, here are the eight conditions. They did that to that surgeon in England. They gave him, I think, 14 conditions under which he could return to work, which means he'll never be able to be employed again. The conditions are so draconian. Um, but they don't know what to do with me because I don't give a rat's you ass about any of them. Because you, you had <laughs> retired and you came... <laughs> I love the way you put that. That's 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 a medical term, rat's arse. Um, so so yeah, because you had retired, you were happily retired. You'd gone into yeah. politics, and you came back because there was a need, or at least you thought there uh, there was a need. Well, so I was told there was a need. You were, you were told yeah. there was a need. 
Yeah. But you know what? There, there actually was a need then because for people who didn't have respiratory problems, nobody would see them. So I was there and I think it was, was it over 50 you weren't expected to see patients face to face. I was there with the sleeves rolled up, you know, looking at people, feeling their bellies, looking in their ears, you know, they, they, you know, it was totally hands off, you know, face to face consultations where it just didn't happen. So I was doing I was doing house calls to people. So it was great. I, I love being back working because people were so grateful just that somebody would come out and check their mammy over, you know, old people at home and. You know, they were sick and, you know, nobody wanted to go to hospital, obviously. But, I, it, you know, it was it, if you wanted to work, it was busy and it was it was wonderful to but be with, able to. But with non-COVID that, stuff. Ah, yeah. oh, the irony here. Yeah. All the, the non-COVID <laughs> stuff, the important <laughs> stuff. Yeah, but did you know the stuff that, 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 that is the bread and butter yeah. of medicine? You know, the, the flu or, or respiratory illnesses like that happen every year. They They do. There, you know, it's it's unpleasant, but I think in the in, in the end, isn't it thirty thousand excess deaths every year from winter respiratory viruses? That's what happens, old people. It's the thing that 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 that, that carries a lot of people with cancer and and the rest. They get an infection and and that's it. But you know, nothing unusual happened except that there was every medical support was withdrawn, and then people were taken from hospitals where they had an expectation of care, and taken out into care homes. Uh, where they were no, no human person except the people, the, the poor people who worked there, who were not medically trained and had no equipment. No one saw them again. Um, you know, it was it was it was absolutely barbaric. Uh, and it and, feels and, very and, surreal to me. I, I, it is surreal. We should never get used to no, this. No, listening to you and say we should, this. And, we should never allow those people to say the inquiry will be delimited by yeah. what we decide. No. You know, it over here, the import, Leo Varadkar. Absolutely right. I mean, you know, over here, they barely, in fact, they didn't even mention children in the terms of reference here. Baroness Hallett, I think, is 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 doing it, and this this did cause a bit of an outcry because obviously children. I mean, what? here, yeah, children, children and seniors, yeah. No mention. What we've done to children in terms of education, in terms of their psychological well-being, in terms of their speech and language development in terms of their social interactions, in terms of their ability to participate in sports and, you know, what we have done to our young people and worst of all, telling them that they are contaminants, that they're a danger to their fellow human beings. Those children will never, ever be the same again, you know, and it's going to be again, it'll be impossible to measure, you know, but yeah. because, you know, and, and it'll be all, you know, that, that they must have had COVID because <laughs> everything, you know, Oh, it just, it, it's so frustrating. It, it drives me insane. The BBC presenter said on Friday morning, girl, girl, I shouldn't say girl, it sounds derogatory or disrespectful. I don't mean it to be. We say girl where I come from, we say girl. Um, a woman called Rachel Borden, she said, um, you know, she was talking about how schools, how children are still being sent home because they tested positive, even though there's nothing wrong with them. And she said, mm -hmm. with, with no sense of irony or understanding, she said, my third oldest child is at home nothing wrong with her um, um, she, she, she has COVID again um, she had it six weeks ago she had it six weeks ago says Borden and now she has it again and her co-presenter said oh she loves having COVID and Borden said yeah and she's at home now as if it's perfectly normal yeah it's bizarre um, again it? I mean children first of all don't get COVID you know they, 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 just, they just it just doesn't affect them they have amazingly robust 
upper airway immune systems. Children are just, they're just, they just bat it off. Um, and, and you know, if you test healthy people, obviously, as I've said, 97% false positives are the ones that turn out to be positive. So it's, it's just nonsense. And the lateral flow tests are probably worse. You gave us some good news, though. We've got about two minutes left today. You gave us some good news earlier on, if my memory serves me. You said that uptake for the kids um, in, in, in your neck of the woods... I hate, I hate, you know, I hate saying Northern Ireland. You know, I hate saying it. I, 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 have, I, I use every way to. I, the yeah, North, to avoid the it, yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. My, my father is, is hovering over me. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah, it is because north, the North of Ireland is Donegal. Northern Absolutely Ireland is right. the north, northerly bit is Donegal. But you're right, yeah. In the six counties or whatever you want to call 2 it. 2% uptake. 2% uptake in children, great yeah. And um, so, so look, who knows? Now, this obviously, it hasn't been ruled out to 5 to 11 year olds until. Tomorrow, but it's these are presumably are the ones who who were in supposedly at risk groups. Most of them aren't at risk from from a respiratory virus, or who are living, God help them, with somebody who's who's very elderly. And I mean, the children don't pose any risk to them. And these people know that this is the the real tragedy. So, oh, I I just wanted to tell you the 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 the, the good news. I decided whenever I saw them cavorting outside Stormont, uh, clapping and cheering that. Um, People can't, women, women in crisis can't be offered help outside uh, uh, abortion clinics. Uh, I work voluntarily in, in, in two early pregnancy support centres and most of the women we see there are in dire straits. You know, they, they're trafficked victims of abuse. A lot of them don't speak English. You know, this is not the glamorous, um, you know, sort of the thing that, that, that the like of, of the politicians will tell you, you know, that these this is really liberating for women. Yeah. These women are very often in, 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 in very, very poor situations. Would and you? I saw those people celebrating, you know, that people who offer help to women who are in that vulnerable state are to be criminalised. I said, well, I'm going to I'm going to stand again. So I was out today sawing up my old election posters Where are you? And, and buying cable ties because I was laughing at you saying, girl, and the man in the shop that sells the cable ties says, <laughs> Let that serve that girl over serve there. Serve that girl. Moment. Oh, you honey. <laughs> will you come back and talk about that? Will you, particularly that issue and you know the prospects I'm of really, you? I'm only taking the piss. Thing. Like what? I have no, I have no interest. Should I get five votes, fifty or five thousand or fifty thousand? I couldn't care less. You couldn't I'm do just it. Yeah. Go, to, go to the hustings and give them Dixie. I, but 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 the issue specifically, because I have a lot of sympathy with your point of view on that. So I'd like to talk about it, if you yeah, don't mind. Yeah. Just, just don't be a stranger, Anne. It's great having you on. I, I, it, it can't be fixed. It certainly can't be fixed at the ballot box, you know, but yeah. as I say, you can knock about a crack out of it. So we'll do that. Lovely to have you back today. Thanks so much for your time. It really means a lot to me. And it does to our listeners if you read the comments on my website. Thanks, Anne. Okay, it's been a pleasure. God All bless. The best. God bless. Speak Bye again soon. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. Thanks, Anne. Dr. Anne McCloskey, live from uh, Derry this evening. Great lady fascinating stuff. Great to hear that bit of hope, that bit of optimism. And uh, 2% likely take-up in the north or 2% take-up is good, isn't it? It's a, it's a good it's a good start. Listen, that's it for today's programme. Thanks so much to you've just heard Dr Anne McCloskey and to Hayden Hewitt for speaking with me earlier on. The programme will be podcasted real soon. Uh, we'll speak again tomorrow. James Perloff is among the guests. He was due to be with me yesterday, but you know I wasn't here yesterday. And Dr. Vincent Carroll is a lovely gentleman. We spoke off air. He'll be on the programme next Monday. 
And if you like listening to Anne McCloskey, you will like listening to Dr. Vincent Carroll too. He'll be with us on Monday. Closing out with Johnny Nash. Yeah, thank God I got that one right. Look after yourselves and one another. Speak tomorrow. Bye for me. Sloan Tommel, bye. I can see clear.